Mark and I just came back from our Asian conference tour. We have been lucky to meet many of you guys in person. It's actually weird to meet people who know who you are and can mention your dog by name. And you're like, well, sorry, what's your name again? But it was still great. Chiang Mai SEO was by far the best event Mark and I attended this year. So we thought we'd give you a recap of what happened there. So if you were there and already missed it, or if you completely missed it out, stay tuned. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you, we have a Black Friday deal running right now. You can find it on the homepage of Authority Hackers. I'm not going to give you a long URL. It expires tonight at midnight Pacific, so we are closing it really soon. If you are listening to this podcast, as soon as it comes out, go check it out because it's not going to be around for a while. And it's actually a course that we probably won't be launching again ever. You know, you'll be able to access it through HPro or something, but like it's not something that we'll probably launch on its own. So go check it out, authorityhacker.com. There should be a huge offer on top of the homepage so you can find it out. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Uh, we are finally back with Mark. It's like you have gotten podcast episodes every week because we pre-recorded them but it's actually the first podcast episode we record together in more than like six or seven weeks so we're kind of like rusty we didn't even know like where to record stuff anymore i guess like early Alzheimer or something but it is good to be back welcome back mark how's it going <laughs> <laughs> it's going good thank you for asking how are you Pretty good. I'm just laughing at you receiving all these uh, Amazon packages for the upgrade of the studio right now. I can see you're like slightly annoyed at not knowing what you're receiving right now. But don't worry, it's all going to make sense when I come to Scotland and I put it all together. I do have these fancy new lights at the back of my computer. So that's why you can see both sides of my face now. Pretty impressed, actually. These are really, really good. All right. Well, I guess I did a, I did a good job on Black Friday, actually. I did the same. So we're actually upgrading Mark and I. Our video uh, stuff right now, we are going to be doing a lot more videos next year. You should see us on YouTube. And we're going to change a bit the way the content is put on the blog as well. It is also going to include more like podcast video type stuff. So we're doing all the tech setup now. It will probably take a few weeks before you start seeing the results of that because installing everything, shooting content, editing it, etc., will take some time. But we are getting there and it is coming. But this is not what we're talking about in this podcast. In today's podcast, we are talking about mostly about Chiang Mai SEO. Like we just came back. I mean, I, I landed like exactly a week ago right now. It took me like four days to just get back on the proper time zone, especially coming to like winter Europe. And in Budapest, it's like night at 3 p.m. or something. It's pretty tough if you're not on the right time. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good time to reflect back on the events. And there was a bit of time to like analyze what happened, etc. Can you just explain to people what is Chiang Mai SEO, by the way, because maybe not everyone knows what it is? Yeah, so it's an SEO conference organized by Matt Diggity in, surprise, surprise, Chiang Mai, which is a city in the north of, of Thailand. It's held every October, November, late October, early November kind of time. And it's freaking awesome. We had a really good time. This is the second year we've been. And uh, yeah, had had a had a great time. It's a two day event. I think there are some like upsells where you can like go to a mastermind, to, like yeah. to make it a three day thing. But honestly, it's, it's much more than that. It's not just like a two day conference. Everyone flies in and flies out. It's kind of like a a bit of a pilgrimage, really. Even like one week before the event started, there were meetups and parties and and stuff going on. And the entire week leading up to the the conference there were even like pre presentations at various places around the city just like so much shit going on really it was it was a fun place to be 
you know, if ever, anyone is thinking of going in uh, in uh, 2020, make sure you, you arrive quite early for it so you can take advantage of all I'd that. I'd say it's almost a two-week thing. It's like a 10-day thing, I think, like around 10 days thing. And just, uh, we kind of like wanted to like go through like each part of this. So we're going to go through each element, that stuff that happened and explain what it is. And we're also going to explain like how we lived it, our impressions on this, etc. Might make a few enemies from being honest here, but I think it's going to, overall, it was a really good experience, I just want to say. I quite enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more this year than last year as well, mostly because I knew the format, et cetera. So I think it, with these kind of events, there's kind of like, like, you know, reaching your comfort level in these kind of places. So like some people, it takes two hours. Some people like me, it takes two years. And yeah, definitely. That was just knowing people already, et cetera. But it, it is the occasion to meet like all the people that you interact with online, that you follow, that you read, et cetera. It's the one time in a year where I hang out with uh, Tim Solo from Ahrefs and he just like doesn't leave me alone, follows me everywhere, etc. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of great. So anyway, let's go through everything that happens in this conference. And we're going to try to do that in chronological order. So actually, the first thing that happens is not the first thing that is in our notes. Uh, it is the community events, which are essentially free presentations over two days. There is two of them happening at the same time, which... I found it a bit weird because like people can't really go to both. Yeah, I think they had to do that because at least the the one that I was at was like absolutely full standing room only, like hardly any standing room. So I think if if they allowed everyone to go to both, there there just wouldn't be enough room. These are not official events, part of the conference. Like anyone in Chiang Mai can can sort of go to them. Really, uh, they are they are organized in sort of association with the event, and uh, I think Matt live streamed a, a couple of them at least. But yeah, they were really cool. I went to one about uh, outreach, uh, about like high-end sort of link building outreach. And while I didn't agree with everything that they said, uh, there's definitely like some some really good tips and stuff in there. And yeah, good talk overall. I went to the authority sites one. Honestly, I didn't plan on going. I just happened to like bump into people that then were going there and just kind of like followed them, etc. It was interesting. I mean, it was like mostly the guys from Spring, So it's like Matt's stuff, etc. So it's a bit different from what we do. Again, don't agree with everything, but still interesting to see what they do. Again, it was really packed. There was a lot of people at this event. But I think what, I, what was most interesting for me, this starts like three days before the conference. It's kind of the flow that this takes to your day. So the way it works is like people kind of like, I was presented some kind of like SEO software just before that. And then I bumped into people in that place where I was that were like, oh, we're going to the event. I followed them, went to the event. We stayed around an hour. People are like drinking beer and stuff. It's pretty casual. It's like still Thailand, you know. But then after that, people go for dinner. And after that, people go for kind of like drinking and going out. And this whole like dynamic starts up to a week before the conference, as you were saying earlier. So like these community events, they're not only a place to like go see a presentation, but they're actually a place to go and meet people that will be at the conference that are just coming in, flying in, just just going in the city. And it's a casual, structured way to meet people when you know nobody at these kind of events. And I think it works pretty well. I was talking to Lee, who's one of the AH Pro members who was, who was in Chiang Mai that week as well. And he lives in Australia, but not in a, a major city, kind of like out in the sticks a bit, uh, at least I think so. And he said there's basically nobody in his, his area who he can like talk shop with, like talk about SEO with, but... In Chiang Mai that week, like literally everyone you bump into is like just down to talk about SEO and link building and whatever else they're working on. And that's it, really. <laughs> My wife came with me and, and absolutely hated it because she's like, everyone just wants to talk about SEO. I have nothing to add to this. 
Yeah, fair enough. Especially in Chiang Mai, it's like it's it's cool, but like past like a few coffee shops and like uh, uh, one or two hikes, then it's like it's it's not like the most touristy city as well. So I guess if you're not here for the conference, it's not as as interesting. But if you are interested in that topic, it's definitely uh, very interesting. As I said, it gives you a nice structure where to meet people. Uh, most people will go to a place called Beard Lab. After that, it is on this uh, Niman Road, which is where like all the kind of digital nomads live, or like most of them at least in Chiang Mai. Again, I quite enjoy these kind of like informal drinks and hangout. And it tends to be the places where I get the best discussions with people. Uh, to some extent, it feels like when you put two beers into people, they just become way more interesting. I think I mentioned that last year, but it's definitely still true. Uh, especially because this year I was sober. I was not drinking. So I actually followed my own advice. I think I gave that advice last year on the podcast where we mentioned this conference. And I actually did it this year. It was not on purpose. I stopped drinking in August. So it's not like it wasn't like a warm-up to this conference i'm still not drinking like so no it wasn't just for that but it's definitely a different perspective when you drink and when you don't drink so i'm happy i had both but it is still one of the times where you get to meet the most people where you get to get the most interesting talks and i think that's like a recurring theme in these kind of events it's like presentations are cool but i think the talking to people is better and honestly what i was quite impressed by is the amount of people who do really well with like the authority side business model and just building sites in general, affiliate marketing, that kind of stuff. So you get to really talk to people who who do quite well at what they do and you get to have like high level discussions. Like happened to me many times. I went to events and like the discussion is just like, oh guys, like uh, how do you, like it's like the most basic stuff. Like, oh, how do you outsource content or something, whatever. And it's like, Sure. I mean, it, it's cool if you've never done it. And I'm sure there's people who are interested in that. But I was able to talk about much more advanced stuff during these kind of like meetups. And, and it's kind of refreshing compared to a lot of events I've been to. And also, I would say most other SEO events I've been to have been dominated by the agency scene. So it's like uh, people who run agencies and run services, etc. Whereas at this conference, most people do run either their own sites or work on a site that is like quite similar to what we do, like uh, affiliates slash authority sites, that kind of stuff. And so it allows for convergence of discussion and convergence of point of view that allows you to go a little bit deeper in the discussions that you have with people rather than talking about client management, etc. Like, you know, half of the discussions will be about when you go to like Moscon, for example, or like some kind of like more corporate SEO type event. So that was quite nice. It just felt more targeted to what we need. And it felt like, feels like Chiang Mai is the place for the people who like run their own sites, basically. The event where that happens, maybe there is others that I don't know, but it felt like that. And one thing I wanted to say as well is if this trick is a big deal for you, so like if we're like, if you're considering coming, but it's like a long trip or it costs you a lot of money or it's, it's a big effort, you should be ready to pretty much go out every single night until midnight, I would say. Like, you know, it's like past midnight, everyone gets too drunk for anything to be really, really interesting. But let's say there's that kind of like golden window between like 9 p.m. and midnight where like you can have uh, interesting discussions and really make a lot of contacts there. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend that basically from a week up to a week, maybe not a week, maybe like four or five days before the conference. If you are into the pole partying thing, there are some serious drinkers go to that. So, you know, you be prepared to like keep out with them. Yeah. If you want to drink, no problem. Like most people drink anyway. It was just us. We were weirdos in the side of the party. But other than that, other than that, yeah, you can, a lot of people, like it's funny, like um, the most successful people that come there, and I'll mention a few of them a little bit later, 
they don't really care about the value anymore. They're just here to like drink with their friends. And so like there's there's always that kind of like big party group, usually the British guys on the side. That's like, uh, yeah, if you want to have a good time, you can also do that. But if you're here to get value, maybe it's not the best idea to get super drunk. Okay, so that's the informal drinks and hangouts. All right, so I went to a mastermind. I was a speaker at the conference. I didn't really mention it. Last year I wasn't, but this year I was. And uh, that gave me access to a mastermind. So I was like, I'll come and check it out. It is not a mastermind that you can just uh, join in. It's actually invitation only. And I think the based on what I've read on the Facebook group, it people making at least $25,000 per month with SEO. So it gets, there's some service providers, et cetera, that it's not just like people who make it from, from like Amazon commissions or something. And the cost to actually join is $1,000. So it's not very cheap, but I've seen masterminds that cost a lot more in the US as well. So I guess it's kind of in between. And the way it works was pretty simple, to be honest. You're like, you go to that nice resort, beautiful hotel next to the river, and you get put on a table with six to seven people in total. And the format is pretty simple. Someone like you share one or two problems that you're dealing with and people give you feedback on that. And you're supposed to share one or two things that works really well for you at the end of your session, basically. And that is essentially the format. And you go through the table, like six, seven people. And usually it basically takes the whole day. You get, I think there's like 40, 30, 40 minutes per person. So it, it does add up. It's pretty long and tiring in the end, to be honest. I was quite tired. My personal experience of that is, yeah, it was cool. I was with some people that are quite well-known in the uh, SEO industry, actually. I was with uh, James Norkey, who is like a big SEO guy in uh, Australia. He has like a big agency. He's big on Twitter as well. So hopefully he will tweet this podcast, hint, hint. And <laughs> I was with Suavec, who is the co-founder of Software SEO. I was with uh, one of these British guys, probably the, the grand chief of all the British guys, James Dooley from Fat Rank, who is an incredible business person. Like he does really crazy stuff. I cannot really share the content of what these people said because it's kind of like part of what the mastermind is. But I can tell you who I was with and how I feel about it. It was actually funny. I can tell you one story about, about James because people will love that. So as I say, the format of the mastermind is that you're supposed to like share a problem and then people give you feedback, right? And usually to expose your problem, it takes like five to 10 minutes to go through it. When it's James' turn, he just starts talking and just like explain what his business does. And he's like, oh, and we do this and we do this and et cetera. And this is, you know, we did a PPC, whatever, et cetera. And then he gets to the end and he just stops and there's like nothing. There's no question, no nothing, no problem. And what's your question? He's like, ah, no question. I just wanted to tell you guys. And then just went to the next person, basically. So, <laughs> but that, but he's by far by far the most successful person that was at this table, way further than us, way further than anyone. Really, really cool guy, really smart guy, and really friendly as well. So I was pretty happy to have him, but that was pretty hilarious. The only thing, kind of like critical feedback I would give to this is I wish the groups were predetermined in focus. So I wish, for example, I could have said, I am interested in hiring a team. And I am put together with people who either have done it or are looking for the same problems so that when their discussions pop up, it's also relevant to me. You have to be careful when you're organizing that because you might end up with a bunch of people who don't know how to do that, trying to answer each other's question on how to do that, which is also a problem. So it's it's very difficult to do that. I understand. It's not easy and you cannot match everyone perfectly, etc. To be honest, I think they might have been collecting data, but I might not have just followed up on this. 
I'm saying this publicly, it's possible. It's just, um, but overall, it was still a good group. And I, I, I still enjoyed it. It was a fun day as well. I got to meet some more people. It was high level, but I feel like I could have had a lot of the discussions I had. Maybe not at the mastermind table, but outside of that, like at the conference as well. So it's, it's, it's a good add-on, but I wouldn't say it's absolutely monotonous. Yes, I didn't get invited to that, so I, I didn't go. But to be honest, I was really glad because I was just exhausted from all of the events. And we'd been in Bali the week before at, at another conference as well. So it was, it was good to have some time just to actually chill that day, like before the, the conference. Actually, because on the, like the, the Monday and Tuesday, we'd been... Uh, at these these drinks events in the evening uh one cr- criticism actually of those is it was quite loud uh, so i ended up like speaking very loudly and i almost lost my voice basically every morning so i should have tried and like actively rest it as much as possible which is interesting but yeah the cool thing is the week leading up to it there's just so many people in chiang mai at the same time like half the time we go for lunch or dinner just in some random restaurant in in chiang mai end up like sitting next to some people who are at the conference or overhearing some conversations about SEO or, or whatever, or seeing people who we already knew just by chance. So it was, it was really cool just to have so many people interested in SEO in such a concentrated space for, for like a, a week. I remember I was like walking down the street and heard guys talking about like a couple of niches. And so I just started chatting to them and was like, hey, hey, you know, I'm interested in that. It was not lettuce niche, no. But it actually turns out they, they listen to the show. So shout out to James and Dejan from Sydney, if, if you guys are listening this week. Uh, we went at dinner afterwards as well, so that was cool. And then, yeah, we, we also took the opportunity opportunity the week the day before the event to organize a Authority Hacker Pro event. So originally when we planned this, we we're like, well, there'll be some people from our community there let's go and organize a, a sort of private dinner and, and kind of just meet everyone so we did that we put the event up but then 60 people quickly applied or said they were going and we're like okay this is probably a bit too big for dinner so we turned it into kind of a drinks event and i think we ended up with like 75 people funny story about that actually we're we're gonna have it in this this place which uh lewis our former writer who lives in chiang mai we're still really really good friends with he suggested this place cube seven it was called but just to make sure it was legit so we we paid it was a very very small deposit to, to kind of book it but just to make sure it was legit we went there like uh five days before to check it out and had lunch there and it was it was pretty atrocious so we decided to move it. I got like five mosquito bites in five minutes. Yeah, there, so. yeah it, was, it just it wasn't like the nicest of places. The service was a bit weird as well. Uh, so we ended up rescheduling it. So we got this cool rooftop bar. We had 75 Authority Hacker Pro members there. We ordered like 35 kegs of beer and a bunch of food. And just everyone was just chatting. It was like there was a live band, but it was like, wasn't too loud. And it, was- it wasn't kegs. It was uh, these... It was three to four liters. Yeah, it's not the same. Cake is 30 liters. <laughs> there were some drinks and food there. And it was just really, really cool to just talk to everyone and see everyone talk to each other. And, uh, you know, I said this before when we, we had the meetup the previous year. It's like you see Google Analytics or data statistics and, you know, all your customers or your users, they're just numbers, right? But then like meeting everyone and hearing those cool stories of, you know, some incredibly, incredibly successful people in there. 
and you know people at all stages as well the guy who pirated our course to because he couldn't afford to join and then bought it later after he he was successful like it really like it struck a chord with me that that one but there was many cool cool stories of, of people and yeah i just sort of left with the really cool feeling of oh, wow we built a real community here which was which was pretty awesome yeah I was pretty happy as well. Like people were, I mean, it's like quite impressive, like the stuff that some of our members are doing, to be honest. Like, I don't want to like attribute all the success to like the courses and it's their work, right? But it's cool that we managed to put them together and get to exchange with each other. This part is quite cool, to be honest. In that event, so like in the the Facebook event, which was in our our pro group, of someone actually created a messenger chat, so like a group chat. And then there was about 50 people in there. So there's about 50 authority hacker people in the group, uh, in this uh, group chat, just meeting up for dinner and breakfast. And they even organized this like site clinic where uh, twice, I think, where they, they got a meeting room, a co-working space, and then just like did basically a mini mastermind, similar format to what, what Gail was talking about with the official one, but just did that with each other. And like that was like completely without us as well, which was which was cool. So awesome to see that, honestly. Yeah, it was really cool. Like we've tried also to like collect some of the stories of people so that we can actually share them some point next year. So we have like raw videos. I have 175 gigs of videos that I just finished uploading to Google Drive. Took me a week. Yeah, so we need to like edit them, put them together. We'll probably release them around product launches because it's also a good way to promote the community. But there's some really cool stories around that, and I'm I'm quite impressed. Like that 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 guy you mentioned. Who downloaded the course and then like uh, basically had like the shittiest jobs? Applied to McDonald's twice and got rejected. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but like now he's doing amazingly. He actually lives in Chiang Mai now. He's doing really well. So we'll share these stories. So there, there should be more stories. To be honest, I'd like to get some of them on the podcast as well if we can. The problem is it depends like how much spotlight they want on themselves or not. So we'll try to get some people on the podcast, but you know, in this industry, it's quite difficult to share exact stories because there's so many copycats and people, when they're doing well, the last thing they want is come on our podcast and get people to copy them. So we need to be a bit careful with that, but we'll still try to share stories while protecting these guys' businesses. And, uh, and it's been really cool. We also had a dinner as well, like with people at the end, right? We did a dinner at an Italian restaurant with like 22, 23 H4 members. We had a lot of uh, Atari Hacker events happening around. We probably do more of this. Let's talk about this at the end of the podcast, but we'll probably do like right on that wave. And all of these things that we've been talking about, they're not listed. But when you go to buy a Chiang Mai SEO conference ticket, it's like here, you'll get to go to talks with some speakers and there'll be a party at the end. That's what they sell you. But like, honestly, like the, there's so much more value than just those talks, like all of the stuff going around, all the informal events, the meetups, the the casual interactions, like in itself, like worth the price of the ticket alone, which is the tickets are ridiculously underpriced as well. So yes, it's too cheap. Matt will be listening to this podcast. So Matt, raise the price. I think you can charge more for this. It's like we had that discussion with Charles of like buying all the tickets and uh, and just reselling them for more just to make a point to Matt. So Matt, be careful. Anyway, let's just jump on the actual conference, the talks, etc. It's basically like one room. There's not like, you know, some conferences have like multiple tracks where you can go to multiple rooms. It's not the case here. I think the main reason it's not the case is because they just can't. I think they already have the biggest room in Chiang Mai. So the conference is at Le Meridian, which is a five-star hotel. It's one of the biggest hotels in, in, in Chiang Mai. Uh, so they have a, a huge event. 
What's worth pointing out, though, is that it's not really worth staying in the hotel until the conference itself, because a lot of the events the week before the conference are actually in the Niemen area of, of Chiang Mai, which is like out of the center a little bit. That's where a lot of expats and, and kind of people live, where the hotel is kind of in the middle of the like touristy area. So it's not as great of an area, I think. So if you are coming, then I would recommend staying in the Neiman area. If you want to stay in the hotel during the conference, you, you can also do that. We did because just because it was a lot more convenient. Yeah, it's true. It's just quite far and it's quite annoying otherwise. So I would stay in Neiman. Most people stay around Neiman most of the time. It's like the hotel has these advantages and disadvantages, I would say. But anyway, let's go back to the conference. So there is eight talks per day in one room with 800 people. So it's quite intense. It's a lot of content to go through. It goes quite fast. It starts quite early as well. I think the first day it started like nine or something, which for a conference where everyone's just drinking like crazy every night is very early. There, there were definitely a few empty seats during the first talk on the second day, which was yours. So. <laughs> It was mine. <laughs> I was going to say, I have it in the notes. Like, actually, like, you know, when I walked it, when I just started the talk, there was, yeah, a fair amount of empty space. It kind of like filled up as I went through. But yeah, clearly people uh, struggle with the starting times. Maybe they could like push everything by half an hour or something. It would probably help a bit. But I imagine, I ima yeah, I imagine people would just find an excuse anyway. So it's quite intense to go through everything. It's a lot of talks. The thing is, like, there's a lot of, like, different things. Like, you know, there's always, like, a talk on, like, local SEO or a talk on, like, really advanced technical stuff. And I don't think, like, all talks will be relevant to everyone. And uh, one thing I, I've quite enjoyed doing is, like, going to most talks, I would say, like, around two-thirds. And then for around one-third of the talks, like, so, like, one or two talks per day, just stay out and hang out with the people that actually don't walk in the talk and like talk with people, it's like, it's more quiet at that time. And one thing I've enjoyed doing as well is going to, so there's like the vendor stones outside, like, uh, you know, the people who sell links and who sell. Surfer had a one there and Ahrefs had a stand there as well. Yeah, Empire Flippers as well, all these guys. These guys are literally paid to talk to you and you can get a lot of cool information just talking to them. Like it's not it's not really a hard sell mode. So you can really learn a lot from talking to these guys and like understanding what works, what doesn't, asking questions, etc. And uh, I think it's actually one of the best things to do if the talk doesn't seem relevant to what you're doing is actually going to these vendors. Obviously, if you're interested in the services, feel free to check it out. But overall, like they, it's also their great connections to make. And because they talk to everyone, when you befriend them, and you go to the parties, then they can introduce you to anyone as well. So it's actually a really cool way to take some time where you wouldn't get too much value because the talk is not relevant to you and connect with people who can connect you to anyone in the conference. So you can be like, hey, do you know anyone that works in this niche or that does this, etc.? And because these people literally are paying for a stand and talking to most people, they will know who to direct you to and they will be happy to introduce you. So I think it's a great thing to do if you don't feel the talks are, are relevant to uh, your interests. Yeah, that's uh, anything else you want to say about uh, like optimizing your time during the talks? You have a talk and then there's like a 15 minute break with like coffee and some like small amount of food outside. And, and, and during those 15 minutes breaks, basically everyone's just chatting to each other and stuff. And there's a, there's a, a bunch of stuff going on. So it's, it's worth it to to sort of like make the most of that time like don't just stay in your seat in the conference hall by yourself you know go go out and talk to people during the break get a lot of value there so yeah i just wanted to give a quick recap on like the talk i did as well because i did on the second day in the morning as you said lots of people are missing 
probably a lot of hangover people. Even the people that came from Budapest that were like that I hang out with every day, they just didn't even show up. So th- yeah, good job, Jason. Thank you very much. But yeah, it's like uh, it still was. It, it got quite full towards the end. I spoke really fast, as I as I always do. I think the event coordinator did not expect that, and so as soon as I started talking. She walked by the stage and she put a bottle of water at my feet just because she didn't know if I could hold the rhythm for the whole talk, basically. So that was pretty funny. But even though I spoke quite fast, it was still slower than the, the last time I did that presentation. And I ran quite late, actually. By the time of the end of the presentation, the same girl, Holly, was passing by the stage. was like, oh, you're five minutes late, five minutes late on the, on the little sign because I was just taking too much time and I was about to make the whole conference late. But overall, it went quite well. I think people quite liked it. And uh, I'll probably be doing a long version of it on the Atari Hacker Pro group. So I'll probably do like a Facebook Live or something and probably sometime in December and uh, spend like two hours going through this because honestly like i did in 45 minutes but i can easily spend like an hour and a half going through this slowly give us some ideas of like what was in it it was basically it was called the kaizen approach to site building but basically it was all about the tiny changes of seo this year that have made a big impact so it kind of started with like two things i did atari hacker like the i showed the, the organic traffic on atari hacker a year ago which was quite bad it was like down 40 percent year on year right and then I met the guy, I met Karuf and Ted Kibaitis, which are the guys who are behind uh, Page Optimizer Pro and Cora. So they are like, they're founding this correlational SEO movement that is taking off right now. And um, meeting them was really interesting and enlightening. So when I came back from the conferences, I did some tricks to Atari Hacker. I did two main ones, which was I used TFIDF from Website Auditor to edit our main landing pages. And I changed the publish date to last updated date and updated the schema on the site. And these two things basically took the site from minus 40% year on year to plus 30% year on year. So that was a massive turnaround. And I was like, oh, there's probably more of these tiny things that you can change in the way we do SEO that will make a bigger impact than actually creating more content and getting more links, which is kind of like the bread and butter of SEO. And so the talk was just a, a list of these things. Some of them are... Search volume is basically bullshit at this point because there's so many unclicked searches that it absolutely means nothing. Click data is more important. Another one is basically nowadays, if you want to rank on Google, you need to rewrite what's on page one because it's like if your content doesn't say exactly what every other page says, Google just doesn't rank it. And I show an example of a page that, that used to be ranking number one, then uh, over the last two years decreased. And I rewrote without building any link to match exactly what was on page one. I jumped back up on page one. And maybe another one was uh, a lot of like outreach optimization stuff. So we've talked about some of that stuff on the podcast, but like the follow-up stuff, using people's names, et cetera, to get a lot more results, basically. So that is some of them. There's like six or something or seven of them on the presentation. So I'll go through that on Atari Hacker Pro if you're on H Pro. Watch out. I'll be posting some kind of like event so you guys can subscribe to that. So that was it. It went pretty well. Was pretty happy with it, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot of work to prepare a presentation, practice it. Yes, yes. It's, uh, the preparation took forever because there was a lot of like these data studies, etc. Uh, how, how long do you think you spent putting it together and practicing? How many days or hours? It's like in full time. It's like at least two weeks. You know, two to three weeks. I would say, like just like thinking, organizing, doing the research finding examples it basically like i could have done i could have done an atari hacker pro blueprint for the same amount of work 
it's pretty much the same. Like, you know, I could take that presentation and shoot videos in like two, three days now that everything is organized. So it really takes a lot of time to put this together. But I didn't want to just talk about us. I wanted to talk about the other speakers. I selected three. I'm going to start by talking about Carl Roof, which is the guy I mentioned that kind of like inspired my presentation this year that I met last year. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best speaker in the industry right now. In terms of like presentation skills, it's amazing. He's an ex-lawyer, so he's really, really good. Very entertaining, very fun. At the same time, it's not exactly the most actionable. So he shows you like how he ranked Laura Mipsum pages on Google and all of that, which is cool, but like you're not going to build the Laura Mipsum site and be widely successful. I don't see it. Like it's just like more of a case study showing what's possible, what's not possible, and highlighting that Google is basically a math formula that calculates how pages should rank and the stuff that's around doesn't matter too much. Um, so that was interesting. I think it makes you think. But I've seen some people kind of like take it the wrong way, right? They, they take that presentation and they just imagine they're just going to uh, start websites with spun content and probably be successful. I'm less inclined to say that's the case, especially because his case studies are for local queries, which are a lot less sensitive to duplicate content than more, maybe like general queries. But still, still, still my favorite talk. And I think one of the highlights, uh, he does a lot of like single variation testings which is kind of like the opposite of what we do with correlation testing on our blog post. He basically has 10 test sites. He takes a random uh, imaginary keywords and then changes one thing on a few sites and see if they jump up or down to establish what is a ranking factor and what is not. And one thing that he has tested that I think can change the SEO industry forever is the new Reliqual sponsored. Because essentially Google is like, well, now you can buy links as long as you put Reliqual sponsored on the actual link, right? As long as you flag it, it's completely fine. You can buy links on site. And he did a test, and apparently these really cool sponsored links do pass link juice, which means essentially Google is cool with you buying links and buying your search rankings, which could massively, massively change the industry way more than people are talking about now. I think it's a whole podcast episode that we could make on this. I'm not going to go past that, but that was, for me, the biggest takeaway from his presentation, along with like a bunch of like fun stuff, basically. I'll let you take the next one because that, that's your favorite talk, I think. My favorite by far was by a lady called Stacey McNaught from, from the UK. So she is basically a very high-end kind of digital PR. She runs a digital PR agency, which when you hear the words digital PR, you're thinking, oh, that's like, you know, all networking and schmoozing with journalists and all that kind of stuff. But she came out straight away and said, look, it's basically just guest posting. We just, instead of a guest post, we call it a feature. We just have different names for things, but it's just guest posting. Yeah, she, she had a really good talk. She showed a lot of data from her, her pitching. So she does what we do. She like tracks everything, every message she sends, she, every subject, every permutation, all, all the follow-ups. And she has all, a lot of really cool data. And she shared this in her slides, which is really cool. Loads of people were like taking photos of of all those slides with like what's the best subject to, if you're contacting a, a, a journalist and I think um, her slides are probably online somewhere but like using words like story tip or new research improved open rates quite significantly for her and there's loads and loads of like lo small takeaways like that one really cool thing that which she was doing as well was creating like data studies and like statistics pages and then buying adwords for niche plus statistics keywords or, or variations of of that and so when journalists were actually doing research they were saying oh you know i don't know 
tennis statistics or whatever the niche might be, then this page was coming up and they were using that and they're quoting that and linking, linking to that, which was really interesting as well. So I was, I was furiously taking notes the, the entire time. And yeah, I just, I just really like the way, you know, with some talks, it can be very like theoretical, but what I liked with her is it was very actionable. She's showing real case studies, like real screenshots from campaigns, real messages, which she sent and showing the results of that, how many people responded and like what, how many links she got over time and all this kind of like real data, which was just fascinating. It honestly is a world which we haven't really explored that much. The, the whole like journalism side of a of, little bit of, with of, the horror stuff, but it's really the, the tip of the iceberg. Th this is a very different, I mean, it's the same, it's the same world. Sure. But it's very, very different kind of approach to it all. But, you know, I came up with so many good ideas from, from that. And this is something I'm going to be exploring a lot next year for sure. Yep. So she's pretty good. Follow her. She's quite active on Twitter as well. If you want to follow her. What's her, like, how do you say her name? Because I can't say it properly. Stacy McNaught. Yeah. All right. So you guys follow her. She's pretty good if you if you care about outreach. The last one I quite. It's like the last one. It's interesting. So it's Charles Floats. <laughs> it's like it's not something that I would do, but it's something that is interesting to understand as to where the industry is at. Because essentially, the takeaway is Charles can bribe his way onto most large publications and sells that as a service on the site called DFY Links. And what's interesting is like the way he does it. So he bribes, he bribes, you know, interns, he buy, he finds who is the lowest paid person in this, in the hierarchy that still has access to the content editor of the website, by the way, by the way. and then he just gives them money and then, you know, he doubles their salary and then they make him a fortune with the service he's selling, basically. So much so that he doesn't even do PBNs anymore. He doesn't even do Greyhead stuff anymore. He just does that. He just focuses on that because this is what works the best and it's the cleanest and he doesn't get penalized for it. It doesn't look any different from an organic acquired link because the only, like, the only difference is like you paid someone and it's maybe in your Gmail. That's the only way you could find out. And I think... It's not something that I'm interested in doing, but rather I think it's interesting to see the state of the industry. And I think the online publication industry is going to be plagued by that because salaries are pretty low for in-house employees and so on. And so there will always be, compared to the value they can produce by linking out to other people, essentially it shows it's completely crooked. And the way that big publications are fighting that right now is by no following all the external links. So like... Sites like Forbes.com, for example, uh, I think Entrepreneur. I'm not sure if it's Forbes or Entrepreneur, but like one of them, but several big publications now are just blanket no following all external links to combat that kind of internal corruption. And if that became something that is more widespread, now together with the Relicor sponsored stuff I talked about, we could be living in a world where you, ha you have to buy your rankings if you essentially have to pay for your Relicor sponsored and organic links become no-followed due to corruption of low-paid employees. Obviously, it's never going to be 100% for these things, but it's still a general trend that could happen. So if you kind of like match what Carol found and what Charles Float found, it gives you an idea of the direction things may be going to, which would be a massive change to the industry. So for me, for that reason, I still find it interesting to see what Charles does, 
It's not that we do that. It's not that we necessarily agree with that, but it's still a reality of the market and it's still what your competitors might be using today. As a result, it's something that you need to understand and take into consideration. I think one of the cool things about Chiang Mai SEO is you have so many people with like from like different ends of the the market. You know, you have like the the super white hat people, you have the, like the super duper duper black hat people, like the this Ukrainian guy give a presentation about the, the stuff they do, and I mean, just not in our kind of like world at the moment, but it's it's just so interesting to to learn about that. And I just think that like everyone's kind of pretty open and kind of more or less respects each other's like what they do because you actually see that people who are taking a kind of different approach are also having some success with that. So yeah, it's if you're worried that it's going to be like too much black hat or too much white hat, it's 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 a real mix of stuff and and everyone's just kind of like interested in learning and interested in finding out what's working and and, and people don't beat each other up on like Brighton SEO as well, so which is always a plus, you know. <laughs> Did that happen? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> it's always a good thing. It's a, Thailand is a, is is more on the festive side side than the angry side. Anyway, so that is essentially the talks and how it goes. I think that it's it's interesting because also the speakers there's a wide variety of uh, point of views and angles. So I think they do a good job at covering the spectrum of where you might be at in terms of what you do in terms of SEO. I think it's very important, even if you're against what people do, to understand what they do because they are trying to rank against you and you need to know like to what extent they're doing what they're doing in terms of link building or on-page stuff, etc., so that you have a chance to compete. So I think it's important, even if you're like a radical white hat person, that you understand what these gray hat, black hat people do, etc., which is why I enjoy going there because it's still... It's like a friendly environment where people actually openly share. Yeah, that's basically it. Another thing I wanted to say as well is every evening, which is why a lot of people did not show up to, to my talk, is there is a party that essentially is usually sponsored by a service provider or sponsored um, of the conference. And so there is a, to some degree, there's some kind of open bar until a certain time or up until a certain number of drinks that are consumed by people. So if you like to party, there's like even bigger parties during the actual conference, right? And the, the, the sort of surprise entertainment from the, the Friday night one, which was the final, final party, was Tim Solo from Ahrefs was DJing. So he's actually in before, like in a former life, like seven years ago, he, he used to be like a professional DJ. And so he, he decided to play a set for an hour at this, this party and people were dancing. So that was kind of pretty Weird. random, but also pretty fun. <laughs> you know, you know. apparently he used to be a stock photo model as well. He sent me a stock photo of him that is like used in newspapers and so on. So he's a... He's done a lot of weird stuff. Like if, if someone has the time, please dig into his past. I'm very curious. But yeah, otherwise it was pretty fun. Uh, the last party was definitely really, really loud and like oriented more towards getting wasted and drinking a lot, which for non-drinkers means we came back home at 10.30 p.m. But there was also a bunch of like side events organized by sponsors and service providers. So for example, like Empire Flippers invited us to their dinner that they have with some of their side buyers and like friends in the industry, etc. And a lot of people do that. So it's pretty frequent that you will be invited to these kind of like smaller private events as you go. And that's what Mark was saying. It's not advertised anywhere. 
on the sales page or anything like that. I think they should do a better job actually at covering what, these kind of things because that's where you get a lot of value. You get to connect in a smaller group with people. It's usually more focused around one thing. So if you go to the Empire Flipper thing, it's going to be more around flipping sites. If you're going to go to our thing, it's going to be more about like building authority sites, etc. And so you can kind of like meet your tribe when you go to these events. I think it works pretty well. It's kind of like nice for the for Matt because he doesn't really have to organize anything. It's just happening organically. So this works pretty well. It's quite rare. There's not too many conferences that you have that kind of environment where all these other things are, are kind of going on around. It's usually the conference organizer that has to, to do it all, but that's kind of one of the strengths, I think, of, of Chiang Mai. So. Yeah. So let's just conclude this episode right now. Are you going to go again next year? A hundred percent. Yeah. Already got a ticket. All right. I think they're like discounted for people who went there already. Are they still discounted? No, no. I think so. It was basically the same price as last year, which is $250 for a ticket, which is really insanely low. Normally, these conferences are a lot more expensive. It sells out every year quite a bit in advance. So I think that um, for sure they're going to increase the price this year for like everyone else who didn't get in on that early bird. But even if it's double, it's still still a bargain. So yeah, so I think it's like if I had to go to one event, I would probably go to this one, even though going to Asia is a bit of a pain in the ass from Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. I agree. And meeting all the H4 members was really cool too. So next question is, are we going to be speaking? You spoke in Bali as well, right? It's like I spoke in Chiang Mai, but you spoke, you spoke in Bali as well. So you, you kind of have that experience as well. So what's your answer? We talked about this. Like, It's quite a lot of work to prepare a presentation, to practice it. What I've noticed is that the people who are doing like a big circuit, so maybe they give a talk five or 10 or even more times, more or less the same one. There's always some small tweaks, but more or less the same one. They can kind of gain some economies of scale efficiencies in there by by reusing it. You only have to make it once and you can deliver it 10 times. But if you're just delivering it once, it's quite a lot of work for that. So I'm not 100% sure that it's, it's, it's worthwhile to speak given that there's so many other things in our business which need fixing or updating or other marketing strategies to, to be doing. That being said, even if neither of us do speak at it next year, we'll both of us for sure will be will be going. Yeah, as I said, it's like I could be doing a, a blueprint in H Pro for the same time, so I probably would do that next year. There's a lot of blueprints I want to create, and uh, yeah, it's and you know, it's like it takes a lot of like your energy. It's like you can't just create like an unlimited amount of pieces of content of like high level per year. There's just like a set number that you can do, and this is just one of them. But, but one idea that we did have, this sort of came about as, you know, the, the, with so many Authority Hacker pro members and, and, and fans and, and people from our community there, we thought maybe we could organize something ourselves, like not, not a conference. We definitely don't want to be do, doing something like that, but like some kind of meetup, mastermind, like mini event like we're on a more informal level where it's not like us just presenting for days or something, but like actually people get to talk to each other and do kind of hot seats or masterminds or something. We haven't figured out the format or or any of the details. Like honestly, this is still just an idea. But if we were to do that, let's say the week before Chiang Mai SEO and have a bunch of people who are flown in early come to that, and then everyone can kind of meet up, get to know each other. We can like work on each other's, help each other's sites, like do some stuff together, have some fun events, have some cool experiences together as a community. 
and then all go to the Chiang Mai CEO conference together. So that's kind of like the idea at the moment. Let's see if that turns into fruition. We've got 11 months, but uh, yeah, watch this space. If you like this, if, if this is something which you're interested in or you want to be a part of and you, or you just think it's a, a good idea and we should do it, like let us know. Uh, tweet us at Authority Hacker on Twitter or, or message us elsewhere and, and, and let us know because we're really keen to see what people think of that because a lot of people have been asking us to do some kind of event. But as, as we said, we, we don't want to organize a, a conference just because Matt says it's a lot of work. So. so that is the last question and all the last thing I wanted to say for this episode. So we're going to close it here. I am going to drop a last reminder. If you are listening to this podcast, the day is released. We are still running our Black Friday special. You can just find it on the homepage of Atari Hacker. So atarihacker.com. It's going to be the top hero section. Just click on the button to figure out what the special is. I'm going to tease it. If you want to know what it is, go on the website. Thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, if it's the first time you listen to us or you have been too lazy to click on the subscribe button, then take the time right now to do it so that you don't miss any future episode. And if you haven't dropped us a review and you have been really enjoying the podcast for a while, then feel free to do that as well. It always helps us reach more people. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. See you later.